0: Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. Last month, the left engine on a Southwest Airlines flight failed, killing one passenger. For many of us, that stoked our fear of flying. But that Southwest flight marked the first fatal U.S. airline accident in nearly a decade. Last year, there were 35 million airline flights across the world. And two, just two of them, caused accidental fatalities. That makes dying on a plane considerably less likely than getting hit by lightning. So the question for people who are scared to fly is how you internalize that data and how you can approach flying in the same way that you might stroll down the street or drive to a restaurant or ride your bike. Eugenia Chang is a mathematician who joins us from time to time to talk about math and our everyday lives. She's the author of the book Beyond Infinity, And she happens to grapple with a fear of flying. We spoke last year about how she overcame her fear. And she says it was about understanding both data and psychology. It's a story about statistics
1: and probability and how we can use mathematics and logic to understand our emotions. Because what I noticed about my fear of flying is that no matter how many times somebody told me the same thing, oh, it's Mm. much more likely that you'll die in a car crash, it didn't make my fear go away. And I think I'm a reasonably logical person. I am a mathematician after all. So I wanted to get to the bottom of this instead of just telling myself I was stupid. Because if I keep telling myself I'm stupid, My fear stays there. It doesn't help.
0: So let me just go back to the statistics again. And you can tell me how you uh, worked against this or why or even why your fear stuck with you. But you say in 2016, just 271 people died in commercial plane crashes worldwide compared with 1.3 million in road crashes. So in some ways, the statistics really do kind of underscore the fact that it's kind of silly to be scared. When your plane's about to take off. And yet
1: I and many other people are still terrified. So something Hmm. has to be going on. I don't think it's fair for us simply to say everybody is stupid. So what is going on? I decided that it's about three things. One is to do with conditional probability, which is one of those things that can be very confusing if you ever took any kind of stats class in school at some point. Conditional probability is the probability that something will happen given that something else has already happened. Mm. And so in this case, I think it's about the probability that supposing that there has been a plane crash, what is the probability that you will die given that a plane crash has happened? So it's about the amount of control you have after it's happened. And that probability is awfully, awfully bad. Hmm. So there are plenty of car crashes that are sort of minor car crashes or the safety features of the cars are really fantastic at the moment. So all the airbags go off and everyone's wearing a seatbelt and then you can survive. And that's the thing that terrifies me. It's the fact that, Okay, I know that a plane crash is unlikely, but if it does happen, it's a, it's a pretty dire outlook. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I realize that my fear is much more related to conditional probability than absolute probability.
0: That's interesting. So you've kind of switched from the probability that this plane will crash, which is not very good, to the probability that if it crashes, uh, you're not going to be around anymore, which is actually very, very good.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it showed me that to try and convince myself, I needed to switch from thinking about conditional probability to probability. And that was actually much more helpful to me than simply telling myself I was being illogical. So another thing that helped me think about it is the math of expected values. So the expected value is the probability that something will happen multiplied by what you get out of it. So, for example, the probability of Winning the lottery is very small, but then the expected value, mm-hmm. you take that probability and you multiply it by the jackpot because right. that's what you would actually get out of it if you did win. And so for me, the expected value, as it were, of dying in a plane crash is so bad. It's infinity. It's infinity bad. <laughs> right, and so right. no matter what I multiply that by, the expected value is infinity. Because if you multiply infinity by anything, it's still infinity, right? right, right. And so the expected value for me is negative infinity.
0: So no wonder I'm terrified. <laughs> So what did you do to, I mean, are you still just completely terrified to take planes or did you talk, did you, uh, you know, sort of work with yourself to, you know, take yourself down a few notches when you're on a plane?
1: Well, there was a final thing I noticed and that was to do with rate of change. And that is not just the probability, but the way in which the probability is changing as it goes along. And I realized that the, the time when the risk is really getting bad is during takeoff. So you go from pretty zero risk. You're just sitting calmly in a plane, stationary on the floor. And then you start taxiing and then it starts revving up. And it, during takeoff is really dangerous. That's when lots of bad things happen. Mm. And so the probability and the expected value shoots from zero to infinity In that time of takeoff. And so I realized I needed to just focus on my state of mind during takeoff. And I actually overcame it using some cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. I realized that what was triggering me to think about it at that point was the sound of the engine revving up. Hmm. And so I actually downloaded the sound of an engine revving up. And I sat at home on my couch and I listened to it over and over again until I associated that sound with me sitting on my couch at home instead of thinking about the probabilities in the plane. And that really helped me.
0: Did that work? When Now when you're in a plane, do you kind of feel like you're on your couch at home? I do. It reminds me of being on my couch at
1: home. And I I have to admit that still my best technique for, for not being afraid during takeoff is to be so tired that I fall asleep before takeoff.
0: <laughs> um, by the way, for people who are scared of planes, when you say... It's pretty dangerous when you're taxing down the runway you like you're about to to take off. It's not I assume it's not actually that dangerous. Oh, I mean
1: <laughs> I don't mean it's actually dangerous,
0: but that's when the probability goes right, up. The mass. Okay. It's, it
1: is where if something is going to happen, that's when it's most likely to happen. It's still very very unlikely. And actually rationally, if you're if you're close to the ground, it's much less dangerous because you're still very close to the ground.
0: Are there other things you hear like in the news or whatever it is um that show you that we have not a great grasp on statistics and that sometimes leads to these ira- maybe not irrational fears, but fears, let's say, that are maybe not in line so. with statistics.
1: Yes, and I think it is to do with expected values and conditional probability because some people have a fear of something and that if you are if the the outcome is much worse then even though the probability is small then we'll be much more afraid of it and so it's not just about the sheer probability and so there are things like dangerous dogs where mm-hmm. some people think the idea of being attacked by a dangerous dog is so much worse than being in a car crash that although it's very unlikely that fear is worse mm. and so my other my other foible of fear is walking over grates in the sidewalk I heard about someone in New York who fell down, that the grate collapsed, and he fell down it and died. And that sounded to me like such a terrible, it just sounded so bad. It sounded way worse than dying in a car crash. And so now I won't walk over grates. And so the other thing is that that the, the inconvenience to me of not walking over grates isn't that much. And so I might as well take that step, as it were, <laughs> whereas not getting in a car would be pretty inconvenient in modern hmm. life. And so I feel like I sort of have to deal with that, even though the danger of cars is, is quite high. And I'll mitigate it by wearing my seatbelt and things like that. Whereas stepping around a grate is not a huge inconvenience. I apologize to people in the sidewalk who I sort of get in the way of them when I step around a grate, but I
0: will not step on a grate. Um, are you telling me that before you read this story about the guy in New York, you were fine walking over grates? I wasn't completely fine. I didn't feel great about okay, it. But I spoke to a somewhat pre-existing fear that you had.
1: Yes. So when okay. I heard this story, I felt validated. And I think sometimes validating people's fears is important because otherwise, otherwise I certainly feel the need to play up the fear more. If everybody tells me I'm being stupid, then I feel like I have to, to show that the
0: fear is real. Have you ever thought about collecting statistics on people falling through grates to see if it's in <laughs> fact, uh, you know, a fear a that you should have? There was a
1: wonderful episode on, I think it was on WBZ, on Curious City, where they actually looked into this in Chicago. And you know what? I felt validated again because I'm not the only person with this fear. So if anyone's listening out there, you're not alone. And I... I think it's all about infinite, ex- infinitely bad expected values. And that is the rationale behind it. And I think that we need to defend the fact that our fears are rational. We just have to
0: look a bit harder to find what is the rational explanation for them. Eugenia Chang is a scientist in residence at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And she's the author of the forthcoming book, The Art of Logic in the Illogical World. Eugenia, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this segment. We would love it if you could take a minute to leave a review on iTunes. It'll actually help more people find their way to the show. Think of it as spreading interesting ideas one review at a time.